There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue this series, Community Matters. This is the seventh message in this series. Our text is found in the fourth chapter of the gospel that was recorded by John. Verses 7, 8, and 9, as well as verse 27, to all of the family members of those who were consecrated, the babies, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this awesome worship experience. Amen. John chapter 4, an absolute powerful passage of scripture. And I encourage you, even after this service, to go back later this week and read the entire chapter. It is about Jesus engaging a woman for, from Samaria at Jacob's well in a certain village in the province of Samaria. Listen to the text. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. For Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? In other words, why are you talking to me? Look at verse 27. Just then the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. The better translation says to that woman. <laughs> But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. The series is entitled Community Matters. The seventh message is entitled the power of a conversation. Wave at someone and say, the power of a conversation. Clap those hands as you take your seat. I just want to check before I start, do I have time to really preach this? I know we've done some extra things and it's already 12 o'clock and COVID has spoiled you all to get in and get out of church in an hour and 15 minutes but somebody please say preach pastor okay i really don't want to rush this okay so do i have time to preach this thank you thank you listen it is said that perhaps nothing is more valuable in resolving conflicts Skirmishes, fights, disagreements, like a sincere conversation. Would you agree with that? I agree. For the iconic American poet and educator, 
by the name of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow is quoted as saying that a single conversation across the table with a wise man is sometimes better than 10 years of studying in books. It pays to talk to someone with good sense. <laughs> Our problem is that we talk to a whole lot of people that are just as wacky as we are. Okay. <laughs> pays to talk to someone with experience. Someone who knows what they are talking about. I was reminded of something that someone once said. I was a student and a professor said this and I'll never forget. He says, every peace treaty begins with a conversation. You, you can't have a peace treaty without having a conversation. Now what is so sad about our current society is that there are so many who are not willing to interact or to simply have a conversation with those they disagree with. Isn't that sad? That we're, we're, we're living in a time that we feel that if you disagree with me, you are my enemy. If you don't think like I think, then I don't want anything to do with you. If you don't worship like I worship, you don't choose to love like I love. If you don't choose to do things like I do it, then I don't want anything to do with you. In fact, I don't even want to talk to you. Perhaps this is why there is so much vitriol and division and hatred in the world today. People just don't talk to each other like they used to. Am I right about it? There used to be a time that they said, go talk it out. Go sit down and see if you can work it out. Now, with the, with the popularity of social media, and you've got what I call digital virtual bullies. Amen. You, you can say anything about anybody. Don't ever have to look them in the face anymore. Is that people don't think they still need to have conversations. But conversations are important. Listen. One of the most impressive things about Jesus' earthly ministry was how often he was willing to interact or have a conversation with those who did not share his beliefs or with those who had no beliefs at all or with those who he knew were his enemies. How often he was willing to talk with known enemies. And that's why I love Jesus more than anyone. Listen, Apostle Paul is great. I'm impressed with his intellect and his theological acronyms. But Jesus is my man. Okay, Not Paul. I like Paul. He's good. And I appreciate all of his writings. Uh, but even Paul wasn't as tolerant as Jesus 
was. That is why at the beginning of the year 2023, the first series that God has given me to share with you is entitled, What Did Jesus Do? And the first Bible study we're going to have on the first Tuesday in January is, What Did Jesus Say? Because, see, we get so caught up in what other people say. In what other people do that we forget about what Jesus did. Mac and Pastor Lawson, we often forget people do about what Jesus said. Jesus engaged with his enemies. He said to the tax collector Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Today I eat at your house. He met Nicodemus at night. And was engaging in a conversation with Nicodemus. He touched the leper on his way to healing uh, the centurion's daughter. He stopped and allowed a woman with the issue of blood to touch him. And then he had a conversation with her and said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go and sin no more. You would never find in the Bible in which Jesus refused to engage with those he disagreed with. He even fed Judas. Healed Peter's mother-in-law's body. Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. And Jesus knew they would do it in advance. But he still embraced them. And was willing to have a conversation with them. Can I tell you something? Do I have time to preach this? If all the people you talk to are people who think like you, look like you, act like you, worship like you, then you're robbing yourself and the world of a greater experience. Amen, somebody. Listen, I I get great joy in talking to people that don't worship or believe what I believe. I get great joy. Sometimes it it, it can raise your blood pressure. But but I told somebody the other day, I, I, I go to the gym one day and I work out an hour and talk two hours. Because they want to talk about Donald Trump and Herschel Walker. And they want to talk about this. And they want to talk about that. And they want to talk about everything. And I just listen. Whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about. Because you learn so much more while you engage people in a conversation. Am I right about it? Look at the text, if you will, for the next few moments. Let us look at the text. And in this text, we will find perhaps one of the greatest examples in the world of the power of a conversation. Our text occurs at a very popular well called Jacob's Well. It occurs in a very unique village called the village of Sychar in the province of Samaria. I want you to remember this. It wasn't by chance. We'll get to that towards the end. Samaria was a unique place. It was a place where many Jews went out of their way to avoid. Historians tell us that 
the Jews who detest the Samaritans would travel two extra days just so they don't have to go through Samaria to get to their place of destination. That is how much hatred. That is the level of stupidity that has always existed in humanity. Travel two extra days just so you didn't have to talk to the Samaritans. The Samaritans and the Jews for many centuries despised and detested one another. It goes back to 722 BC uh, when the northern kingdom of Israel was invaded and the people that were left there that were not taken to Babylon and others the enemies came in and they interbred with the local Jews and created what the Jews call half-breed Samaritans and so the Babylonians didn't want them or the Jews didn't want them the Jews despised the Samaritans and for hundreds of years, am I right, Dr. Cheryl Washington, they blocked them out of their conscience. <laughs> they says, we don't deal with you, and don't you try to deal with us. But Jesus did not share or embrace those sentiments. Somebody ought to give God a hand for Jesus. <laughs> Although Jesus was a Jew, Jesus says, I don't have to follow your stupidity. Although Jesus was a Jew, but Jesus says, I don't have to be wedded to your orthodox or to your traditions. The Bible says that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Verse 4 of the text gives us different uh, translations. One translation say he had to go through. One translation say he needed to go through one translation said he must need go through Samaria why wasn't because that was the only way he could get to where he was going his ancestors for hundreds of years never went through Samaria Deacon Lumpkin they never journeyed through Samaria but Jesus says I have an appointment at the well of Jacob in Samaria with a special kind of woman. She doesn't even know it yet, but I've got to get there. Take note of how the scholar Dr. J. Vernon McGee describes this particular woman that Jesus engaged in a conversation with. Dr. McGee says this woman is obviously a dissolute woman. She was considered to have been a shameful and immoral woman. She was a woman who had a very bad reputation. The text tells us that she had married five times previously. <laughs> five husbands. Some of you are shaking your head because you're on number two. And Lord, how in the world can you get to five? I, some of you say, I can't even put up with the one I got. I mean, just five husbands in and out of her life. And the man she was currently living with was not even her husband. 
Somebody said perhaps he was somebody else's husband living with her. So you could imagine using your spiritual imagination that this woman had very few, if any, friends. And I would almost assure you that she did not have many, if any, female friends. And all the women say, yes, pastor. No wonder she had to go to the well during the hottest part of the day. She went to the well when none of the other women were there. They went in the morning or in the evening, but she went at noon because she knew that nobody would be there. None of the gossipers would be there. Nobody would be there to point their finger and say, isn't that that little hussy over there? Isn't, isn't, isn't that that little home wrecker over there? Isn't that that person over there that can't keep a husband? Y'all better watch her. Don't let your husband go nowhere near her. You know how humanity responds. So she and all of her loneliness, whew, can I preach? She had to wait, look out of her window, and says, has everybody gone? Nobody is there. So she goes to the well at noon, thinking I'll be by myself. But on this day, there was a man from Galilee, born in Bethlehem, grew up in Nazareth, would die in Jerusalem, his name was Jesus. Jesus was sitting by the side of Jacob's well. Remember verse 4, he told his disciples, I need to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. Jesus sitting by the side of this well waiting on this woman. Somebody say this woman. Waiting for all the other uppity sedated bougie women to go back to their house waiting for everybody else to go get their nails done go get their hair done waiting for everybody else to go to Publix and buy your grocery waiting for everybody else to go wash your Mercedes and your BMW waiting for everybody else to go clean your chandeliers can I preach Jesus knew that if I can get there at 12 o'clock I'll meet the woman that I really want to talk to. So he shows up. May I preach this? I have time to deal with this. He shows up and he says to her, can you give me some water? And she says, uh, you have no bucket, no rope. How can you get water? And then Jesus begins to engage her and say, if you really knew who I was and what I was asking you, you'll know that I can give you some living water that you will never thirst again. Can I preach to somebody? And here's what jumps out at me, Dr. Cedric McFadden. In this text, there's a word I had never noticed before, and I've been reading this scripture for 40 years. In this text, the woman says to Jesus, listen to this, Pastor Lawson, how can I get this better water? Look at somebody and say, better water. <laughs> uh, look on the other side of you and say, better water. 
There's something better than H2O. There's something better than natural water. There's something better than string water. Out of your belly shall flow living water. Jesus was about to offer this woman something she had never had before. So he engages into a conversation with this woman. And most people did not realize because they never talked to her how smart she really was. Can I preach? Most people judge you by outward appearances. And most people judge you by the reputation you have inherited, whether it is deserved or not. And what they did not know was this woman was brilliant. She engages Jesus in a theological dialogue. She understood who Jacob was. She says to Jesus, we worship on Mount Gezra and you worship in Jerusalem. She says to Jesus, uh, the Jews have nothing to do with the Samaritan. She knew the history. She knew the theology. She knew the anthropology. She knew the sociology. She knew a whole lot of things you would never know about her because you don't talk to her. <laughs> look over at somebody and say talk to me if you really want to know who I am don't check out my social media page don't ask anybody else if you want to know anything about me come talk to me if you want to know what kind of person I am come talk to me can I preach Jesus begins to talk to this woman they began to talk about worship. <laughs> and Jesus says, I, in, in essence, what he was telling her was that I admire your desire to worship. She was a worshiper, but they never knew because they never talked to her. And Jesus says, but let me tell you something that I'll tell you first. Nobody else has heard this, but there will come a day when they that worship me must worship him in spirit and in truth this woman was the first one to catch that revelation because she had a conversation with jesus jesus said worship is not about where you worship and how you worship and how big your church is and how great you think your worship experience is and how much money you pay for your video and your audio and all but they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And even if you got to worship in your closet by yourself, if you got to worship in your car, if you can't do nothing but wave your hands, if you got to say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. May I preach? I feel like I got to preach. Jesus told this woman of ill repute. Jesus told this hussy, if you please. This home wrecker, if you please. That they must know what you know. Because I'm telling you first, that they that worship me must worship God in spirit and in truth look at your neighbor and say neighbor 
it's time out for fake worship it's time out for synthetic worship it's time out for made-up worship it's time out for glaring flashing lights that you think you worship but worship is when I think of the goodness of Jesus and of all he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah somebody take 10 seconds to jump to your feet and give God a Shabbat real holler praise real organic I, I dare you where are my worshipers where are my worshipers Lord when I think of your goodness and what you've done for me when I think of your goodness and how you set me free I wanna y'all gonna make me hurt myself but I feel a praise I feel a praise I feel a praise anybody feel a praise I feel a war cry I feel a war don't y'all fool me all the worshipers One more time, give God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I got to worship him. I must worship him. You don't know my story. You don't know what God has done for me. You don't know how when everybody else dogged me out, gave up on me, called me names. God picked me up. Woo. Do me a favor. Throw your hands up and say, Lord, I am at the well. I'm 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 at. I'm at the well. I need you. I need you. I need you. I, I, Anybody at the well? Anybody at the well? Don't fool me now. Anybody at the well? Lord, I need a breakthrough. I need a conversation with you. Excuse me. 
but I've been at that well. <laughs> Almost gave up, <laughs> but he met me at the well. <laughs> Almost threw the towel in, but he met me at the well. Almost walk away from my ministry, from my calling, but he met me. Y'all excuse me. At the well, wave at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he met me. He met me. He met me. He met me. church I feel like having church I feel like giving God a praise I feel like giving God a praise tell your neighbor give me some room I remember when he met me at the well I remember I came to Jesus as I was wounded Ooh. Three key insights. Stand to your feet. We're almost done. But I want to quickly leave you with these three key insights. Ah, come on, somebody. Three key things. Amen. You didn't have to wash it out, brother. Porterfield's all right. <laughs> Number one is this. Jesus went. Look at this. Thank you. Jesus went to this particular well at this particular village in this particular place and here are the two words I need you to embrace all week. Look at somebody say on purpose. <laughs> I'm here to tell you you aren't here by an accident. It is no coincidence that you're here. You are not here because you stumbled your way up on salvation. You aren't where you are, working where you are, living where you are. You aren't breathing the air. You're breathing because of luck. Tell somebody on purpose. Ooh. Tell your neighbor on purpose. Say, I'm here on purpose. The Lord met me here on purpose. I didn't end up here by accident. I didn't want anything to do with ministry. My mom would tell you, I, I, I was so far away from that. I was enrolled in law school at the University of South Carolina. And the Lord tapped me on my shoulders one Monday night, I'll never forget. It was a Monday night in March. And he says, tomorrow you quit and you go do what I've called you to do. Folk thought I had lost my mind. In fact, one of my best friends in the world says you're gonna end up like every other broke old preacher. And, they, and my friend who loved me says at the end of your life, the church is gonna give you a Timex watch and a chicken dinner and tell you we enjoyed your ministry. But the devil is a liar. 
Y'all keep the chicken dinner. Give somebody else to watch. I'm here on purpose. Amen. You're here on purpose. Second key insight. Second key insight. Then we're going to praise God. I feel y'all got to praise somewhere in there. I, I, I hear that right now. Jesus, look at this. Jesus was able to look beyond this woman's thoughts, her failures, to see her for who she really was. Everybody else saw a hussy. Everybody else saw a woman of ill repute. But Jesus saw a hurting woman that just really needed someone to talk to. <laughs> Jesus says, I look beyond your reputation. I look beyond what other people think of you. And I see your need. I see you as a hurting woman. And then number three. Ooh, tell your neighbor, get ready. We're getting ready to praise God on this one. Number three. I hear you musicians. Y'all are ready to go. Number three. Woo. One conversation with Jesus changed her life. Verse 39. She dropped 38. She dropped her water pot, ran back into the village, and she told, listen, I, had, I dealt with this this morning. Hey, can I tell you something? She ran to the place she had been avoiding all her life. She never did want to go to the village because people talked about her. But when the Lord changes your life and when the Lord changes your purpose and when God says, I've got something greater for you to do, she ran into the village and said, come see a man who told me everything I had did. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he changed her life. Anybody know God changed your life? You've got 20 seconds to put your best dance on the fact that Woo! Tell somebody God did it God did it He changed me He changed me He changed me Somebody meet me at the altar Meet me at the well this is the well. Meet me at the well. Come on. He changed me. He changed me. Woo! Won't he do it? Yes, he has done. I've got to praise God. I've got to give God my best praise. I, come on. You've got 30 more seconds to clap your hands and give God your best. Lord, I thank you for changing me. Thank you. sing my song Regina I don't have a one can I sing my song y'all know it don't you look at your neighbor say neighbor when I and what is 
those hands all over this place one conversation with Jesus change your life mm. that sounds like your testimony doesn't it <laughs> that sounds like someone's testimony out there one conversation with Jesus change her life. Listen, there's a song, an old school song. We're going back to the old school, good old Baptist days. This is my father's favorite song, Mother. You know this. And I ask Regina and the team, as we prepare for this altar, I want you to hear the lyrics of this song. That's why I need it to slow that down. It's an old iconic hymn that I grew up at the Second Union Baptist Church visiting the St. Mark Baptist Church in Gaston. I don't know if y'all sung that at Brown's Chapel or not, Dick and Lumpkin. I think my, my mother's shaking her head. She's defending the AMEs, yeah, at the, at the Brown's Chapel AME Church. <laughs> I come to the garden alone this is for you Deacon Lumpkin while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear the son of God discloses and <laughs> woo, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy woo, uh, we share as we tarry Woo. I'm thinking about your daddy as we tarry there none other has ever has ever known come on Regina come on praise TV I come sing Regina to the garden Ooh. alone Ooh. while the dew is still on mm the roses <laughs> and the voice I hear falling on my ear the sun 
Stop whatever you're doing right now. I come to the garden alone. This woman was by herself. At least that's what she thought. (laughs) Until she realized that someone was waiting on her there. I want to tell you, no matter what you're going through, you're not by yourself. No matter how deep the hurt and the pain. Doesn't matter how much you're struggling right now. I'm hearing the Lord says, I'm with you. And he walks. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And the joy we share as we 
Lord, we thank you. We bless you for this seventh message in our series. The power of a conversation. I'm so glad that even when others ignored us and others wrote us off, you never gave up on us. You walk with us. You talk with us. You tell us that we are your own. And the joy we share as we tarry there. Ah, thank you, Lord. Thank you for meeting us at the well. <laughs> thank you for never believing the reports about us. Thank you for seeing something deeper in this woman than her past experiences. <laughs> All of us have a past. All of us have done things that perhaps we're not proud of. But I'm so glad that as we stand at this altar, as we stand in this sanctuary, it has all been forgiven. <laughs> we can start all over again. Now, Lord, as you use those who've been hurt to help others who've been hurt, give them a purpose and a mission that far exceeds anything that they ever thought that they would be doing. This is our prayer. Ooh. In your name we pray. And the church said amen. Come on and worship with us. The ministers are at the back. Elders are at the back. If you want prayer. And he walks and he tells me, and, and he, tells he tells me, I am his home. And the joy we share as we tarry there, no other has ever known. Listen, just before Pastor Mag comes, you may be seated for a moment. Just, I want to just remind you about our vision offering, but I want to say something, a very special thank you. For over a year and a half ago, we started on this quest to build a children's and a youth zone. And we said we would do it in an unusual way. God says, don't overtax people. God says, I need you to just ask for $7. And we did. And we have been working for a year on the plans of this building. And I want to show you now what has been the final rendering. These are the plans. We unveiled this to our leaders on Thursday. This is our new children's and youth zone. Amen. On the last Sunday in January, our goal is to break ground. We hope to be finished by anniversary of 2023, 60 years. And God says we can do it. We set out with a mission in these tough times. That project 
is $4 million. And when God told me we we're going to do this by asking for just a simple amount of $7 a week, I would tell you that I've had colleagues of mine called me and says, have you lost your mind? You can never do that. But can I give you a praise report? By the end of this year, by the end of this year, before we break ground, we would have already raised half of it. Two million. Somebody say, but God. And I'm just daring enough to believe that when we cut the ribbon, God said, you can do it debt free. Amen. Thanks to you. To those of you that are joining us virtually, so I say to you, continue to give your $7. Every dime, every penny of that has been set aside for this project. None of it is used for anything else but to plant and sow the vision into a future generation. And I say thank you. If you haven't joined us, join us. Set it aside, $7. $7. And I told the church this morning, just so you know, that there are so many who've gone beyond that. We've had even larger gifts. But God told me at the beginning of this process, do not call any names. Do not ask anybody who give larger gifts to stand up and take a bow. And somebody told me just the other day, they jokingly say, Pastor, when I win the lottery, I'm going to give you $10 million. Will you then call my name? I say, first of all, I doubt if you're going to win. And if you do, I still won't call your name. They say, $10 million and you won't call my name? I say, that's what God says. You know why? Because $1 to me is just as important as $10 million. Amen. And so thank you, Bible Way. Continue this challenge, accept the challenge, encourage others to give, amen, so that when we do this and it will get done, we can say to God be the glory. Put the picture up again. I want you to see what's coming, amen, so we can touch and agree. Somebody stretch a hand and say it's already done. And gee, God bless you, Pastor Matt. Can we celebrate the word of God one more time? Thank God, amen, for that powerful word. Community still matters. At this time, we're going to allow you to prepare for Holy Communion. To those of you that are here in our worship center, if you didn't get your sacraments, if you would raise your hand, our deacons will pass them out to you. To those of you at home, if you want time to prepare your sacraments, you can do so right now. Our praise team is going to lead us into a sacred communion song. Then we'll come back and we'll read our scripture and then we'll administer our holy communion. Wash me over again. Wash me over again in your precious blood wash me over wash me over wash me over 
wash me over, wash me over again in your precious. Wash me over, wash me over, wash me over again, wash me over, wash me over again in your precious. Wash me over, wash me Wash me over, wash me over again in your precious blood. Wash me over, wash me over, wash me over, wash me over again, wash me Precious in your precious. Wash me over again. Wash me over again. We're going to ask if you would please stand as we prepare to enter into our holy communion service. Our scripture says, For I've received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chasing of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Come on, Sister Regina and praise team. Let's just sing a little bit of more of that before we partake in our holy communion. Everybody sing, wash me. Again, the scripture says on the same night in which he was betrayed, he said, take, eat. This is my body, which has been broken for you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which has been shed. For as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Let us commune together.
Yeah, one more time. Wash me. Wash me in your precious blood. In your precious, in your precious blood. Wash me over. Wash me over. Wash me over. Wash me over again. Wash me over again. In your precious blood. Wash me over again. Amen. Right before our closing prayer and benediction, don't forget that at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, Amen. Pastor Blakely Scott and the First Nazareth Church will be with us. Come back. Amen. Come back just for one week. Amen. We're celebrating just for that Tuesday and help us celebrate 59 years. God has been good to us as a church and we want to say thank you. Pastor Scott is not a long-winded speaker at all. Amen. So come 7 o'clock on Tuesday and then Sunday at 8 and at 11 after our 11 o'clock on next Sunday. We're all going to fellowship together in our wellness center. We have dinners for everyone after the 11 o'clock on next week. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of God that came forth today, God. We thank you, God, for our pastor. We thank you for this communion service. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Wash me over. Wash me over. Wash me over. Wash me over again. Wash me We'd like to thank each of you for tuning in and joining us for our broadcast. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bibleway Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you're moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.